Amazing. Hey, well, it's uh, been a big week in the Damo household this week. We um, had our daughter Mia graduate primary school. It was a pretty big moment for us. <laughs> it was a little scary, actually, getting older. Um, that's exciting. But we also got a puppy this week. Right, yes. Greater love hath no father. Oh, here we go, yes. Than he that buys a puppy for his daughter, right? So this is Cadbury, everyone. Say hi to Cadbury. So we haven't been sleeping. There's lots of peeing going on. Um, but she's very adorable. Um, not sure if what the prophetic sign is about this puppy or not. Um, maybe that God's bringing expensive and inconvenient things into your lives. Anyways. <laughs> That was my go to joke. There you go. I did think about that. All right. Anyway. No, but you do got to prepare, don't you? If you're going to get a puppy, man, you got to make some room for that in your life. Right? If you're preparing for God to do something, you got to make some room in your life for him, don't you? You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be inconvenient sometimes. And it also means, I'm telling you, a new puppy means that our social calendar is going to be making some adjustments this Christmas. Right? Because of the decision we've made to make room for something. As cute as that beautiful puppy. All right, you can take that down now. All right. Whew. Well, are you ready? We better pray. That's right. Um, <laughs> we're Christians. This is what we do. Amen. All right, Lord, we just thank you for today. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you're doing. God, we thank you for your presence in our midst today. God, I thank you, God, for how much you... You showed up in worship, God, and everything that you're doing in our lives. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you for your word today and what you are wanting to say to this group of people today. Holy Spirit, I pray that um, they would hear with their spirits, God, and their hearts what you are wanting to share. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, today I want to talk about what feels like to me kind of a theme that's been coming up in most of the messages we've had here and it may not be the only thing they spoke about, but you know when God's speaking to you, it's like there's a themes and things just stand out to you. Can I get an amen, right? And for me, there's been this like, I constantly keep hearing, you know, it's about surrender. It's about making room for God. It's about other good things. Letting go of distractions. Who's been hearing that, right? Is it just me or were you guys hearing that? And I feel, <laughs> thanks Rob. Yes, it is you. Um, but I, I feel like, it's this, this whole theme, and when I was asking the Holy Spirit about what to talk about today, all he was talking about was the secret place. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today, is your secret place with God. Because it's like we can say, you know, make room for God, do these things, but what does that all mean, right? It's about you taking time in that secret place. Because, like, let's get real, it's the only thing that is going to make a difference for you. Right? Sure, people can pray for you and that helps and all these things. But the engine room for everything that you do as a Christian is not the church you go to. It's your secret place with God. Is that personal, private place with Him. What does it say? Man, it says in Matthew 6, 6, I believe at the moment. And we'll, we'll say that later. We can share that later. But it says what? When you pray, close your door and go into the secret place. Someone can help me with the official translation, right? And seek him. There's something about closing the door 
and that place that is the only way. You know, I'd love to tell you that there was another way to progress and grow. And teaching is awesome. Community is awesome and all those things. But nothing will replace that secret place life that you have with God. Can I get an amen? Yes, come on. Now I'm aware, like, this isn't new information, right? But, like, how many agree? Is this new? Is this a surprise to anyone? No. But I wonder sometimes if we realize how vital this is. Like, this isn't just a part of it so we can say we're Christians or so we can tick a box. Like, this is the only part that is going to make the most difference in your life. Right? Now, I would say, I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad. If anyone feels guilty or bad, that's like, no, boo, yuck, that's not what we're trying to say. It's never about that. But it's the reality that there's nothing in life is really going to work without it. Let me say that again. Without your secret place, life with God, nothing else in life is going to work out. Can I get an amen for that? Now let's read. Well, actually, no, before we do that. I want to ask, are you aware of how, <laughs> how much God loves you and wants to be with you? Have you considered that? Like how much, like what did God go through so that he could spend time with you? Have we considered this before, right? Now, let's, let's do an example. I'm going to pick a few people and I'm going to bring this with me in case I need it. All right, Rob Murgod, come out the front. Yes, you knew that was coming. Oh, this awesome gentleman in the blue shirt, would you mind coming up the front? Yep. Who else do we need? Gabby, come on up. Yes. All right, MJ, come on up as well. All right, just come and stand along the front, guys. We need a couple more people. Someone from over this way. Yes. Why don't you come stand at the front as well? And someone from over here. All right, Jesse. <laughs> he knew it. All right, now come and stand up. Line up in the front so everyone can see you. Space out a little bit for me. Now, I want you guys to have a really good look at these people. Take a moment and have a really good look at them. Now, look at, look at the different ways they've all been created. Right? Different color hair, different shaped noses. <laughs> Don't make me regret it, Jess. (laughs) Now, the Bible says, right, Psalm 139, 14, that these guys are fearfully and wonderfully made. That means that they were considered with thought. So when God was making MJ, he goes, okay, I'm going to make him to look like this. I'm going to give him this personality. I'm going to give him this kind of hair that's growing on his arms to make him look masculine. All right, I'm going to give him a quality bid. And I'm going to put him at this point in time for such a time as right now. It's not an accident that he's here right now, okay? So that's what he did. Now, same with Gabby and all of these lovely people. He has created them with purpose. Okay, so now. Now, it also says in the Bible that God so loved them that he gave his most precious and prized possession. What was it? So Jesus gave the most... Not Jesus... (laughs) God gave the most valuable thing that he had in his arsenal, all right, uh, that's possible, so that, why? It's not a trick question, why? Right, so these guys right here could be with him. 
So that whole process that was undertaken was so that these beautiful people, including you, could be with him. That's what he considers worth it. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, how do you think our beautiful God responds when these guys get into their get home or wherever, they close the door and they get into that secret place with him? How do you think God responds? Now, guys, get into your secret place pose, however it looks. Come on, come on, work with me now. All right, there it is. So they've closed the door, they get into their secret place. Now, again, how does God, how is God feeling about this right now when this happens? Considering what he has paid for them. He can't wait, Nick. Right? You know, in Zechariah, you think God isn't just sitting there like, oh man, like solemnly just like, oh yes, you've arrived. Okay. Good. You should have. Uh, Does he do that? No, he cannot wait to get into the secret place with this guy. You know, actually, there's this interesting verse in Zechariah 3.17. It says, the Lord your God is in your midst, the mighty one who will save you. He will rejoice. All right, James, can you show me a quick example of what rejoicing looks like physically? Come on, what does rejoicing look like? Now, let's say this is, God is doing that over you, over these people, Right? With gladness, he will quiet you with his love and he will exalt over you with loud singing. All right, you guys can be excused. Thank you. Would you guys give these guys a hand? Now think about this. (laughs) Thinking about all that God has gone through to be able to reconcile, reconnect and have access for you to him. How how do you think he wants, or what do you think... His expression is when you come to him. Joy. I want you to think about that for a second. Because, you know, how you actually picture him has a lot to do with what you'll receive. Right? Because what you picture him to be like is what you'll expect. What you expect is what you'll have faith for. And what you have faith for is what you'll get. Amen? Amen? Because Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it's impossible to what? For whoever would draw... Listen, this is the rest of that verse. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe he exists. Do we believe he exists? And he rewards those that what? Right. So it's so important that as we do this, that we realize, man, he is so keen to see us and he rewards the person that closes that door and will diligently seek him. Whew. All right. You know, this isn't just a dry, dull, boring religious exercise. Your secret place time, it's not that at all. It's actually an invitation to come into the presence of a king. That's what the access is that we have been given. Like, do you think about that? Think about, like, what I was thinking about this today, and I was thinking about it's like, wow, it's actually quite an incredible privilege when you think about it, that I have been invited in to the realm or the area of a king. Every single time I close that door. Right? He's not, because he's not just a loving father, and amen to he is, right? But he's also a king. Can I get an amen on that? 
And think about it, for a king to set aside time and invite you to personally meet with him. Like, what would that be? Let's think about this for a sec. Okay, Oliver, where are you? Come on up here, real quick. Let's try another example here. Now, think, now again, I just want you to think about this for a second. Just come stand in here. There's no need for you to be on. <laughs> they won't see you. You're getting, I don't want you to hit the rafters. Now, come over here. Sorry, that's my... That's it. Okay, now let's think about this with Ollie. <laughs> Look at that. We're almost the same height. <laughs> Who does that make feel bad? No. Okay. All right, so stay here. So, Oliver, now I want you to kind of enact this. Let's say, so Oliver, you're doing, you're going about your day, then all of a sudden you get a phone call. It's a private number. Now, against your better judgment, you answer it. All right? Now, it's King Charles is on the phone. Let's say for real. Picture this. King Charles is on the phone, and he's like, Hello, Oliver. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, Mum. Now, doing the rest of it. No, no. I'd like you to come for a cup of tea or, or whatever, right? I want you to come over. Now, think about this. Stay with me. So he's, he's on the phone, because, and, and King Charles invites Oliver for a cup of tea because he'd like to have a chat. All right? You think about that. That's actually what God has done with us. Right? Now, what are you feeling right now, Oliver? My heart's beating. It's like, it's the king, right? Right? There you go. Thank you. This guy's good. All right, now let's say, stay with me. Now let's say then, so he gets on a plane, all expenses paid, flies to London, gets picked up at the airport by one of those Rolls Royces, right, gets driven to Buckingham Palace, ushered into it through the gates, through all the doors, in through a bunch of rooms with giant paintings and gold and beautiful things, all of that, and then he gets to these big double doors, and there's two dudes on either side with wigs looking really posh. And they're like, okay, are you ready? Okay. And so then they're like, okay, cool. So they open the doors. And there's Prince Charles sitting on a seat with another seat there and a table and a cup of tea. Now, picture that was you. How would you feel in that moment? Right. In that moment, what is the feeling? You're about to be ushered in to the throne or the realm or the room of a king to have an audience with him. How does that feel? What would you feel like, Ollie? Oh, I feel absolutely honoured. Like, how cool is this? I'd firstly, I'd be like, wow, this is incredible. And then you'd realise how amazing that person is. And then you're very humbled. Right. Awesome. Thank you, Ollie. You can give him a hand. So think about that for a second now. In the same way, put yourself in all these shoes now. This is what God has done for us. Every single time you close that door and go into there, you are ushered into the throne room of the king who has (laughs) cleared his schedule, however that works, set up a feasting table for you because he wants to speak directly to you. That is what God has made available for each one of us. Can I get an amen? It's called the privilege, in my words, the privilege of the presence of God. It's not something to be casual about, amen? But you have every single day, every single moment, access to the King. And I'm telling you, He wants your time and attention. Just like you were like, don't worry. What do you think I'm preparing for based on what he's talking to me about, right? He's like, Aaron, I want your time and your attention. Not because he's a hog, 
But it's because that's the whole point of what he's done. The whole reason you were created, what do you think that was for? Right? He didn't make you to exist and experience a life only. He created you for connection with him from the beginning. Amen? I'm telling you, your secret place life is the key to everything. Say key to everything. Now, I just want to give you guys a couple of points about the secret place. Can we do that? The secret place is the key to fruitfulness. Everyone say fruitfulness. Now, fruit, let's just define that real quick. Fruit is something that would grow on you, all right, that becomes visible and then nourishes other people around you. Right? Something that grows on you. All right, cool. So let's read John 15, verse 1 through 8. What does it say? Let's read this together if we can. So I am the true vine, and my Father is the what? Vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he what? He prunes. All right, so that means what is the reward for bearing fruit? Pruning. (laughs) If God's pruning you, it's possibly the result of having a lot of fruit. And then it goes on to say that it may bear what? All right, so pruning is awesome. Next slide. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. Everyone say, abide in me. And I in you. Now, abide, real quick, that actually means to remain, to dwell, and to continue to be present. All right, so everyone say, remain, dwell, and continue to be present. All right, so you need to remain in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Say, neither can you. Unless you abide in me. All right, next slide. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, actually, oh yes, bears much fruit. This is still going. Now look at this next bit. For without me, what? Now think about that statement for a second. Without him, without being connected to him, the vine, being a branch, without being connected, Jesus is saying what? You can do nothing. That is a wild statement, right? It means, you know, of course you can do stuff, but I believe what Jesus is saying here is it's like, hey, if you want fruitfulness that lasts, if you want to accomplish something that actually has purpose and meaning and develops and does something, it must be connected to him. Any other way is not going to work. Yes? For without me, you can do nothing. Now, is there any more to that there? I think I've already read that bit, but let me just read it here real quick. All right. Anyone who does not remain is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into the pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything. Now, interesting, right? That's where that verse comes from, right? You may ask anything you want and what? It will be granted. So your asking is to do connected to your connection to Jesus, right? When you produce much fruit, verse 8, you are my true disciples. So what's the evidence that you're a true disciple? Mucho fruto. <laughs> right, Marcelo? <laughs> hey? Mucho fruto is 
the, the evidence that you're a true disciple It's real simple, right? And what's the only way you're going to get fruit? Right. It's not by trying harder. Right. Trying harder produces what? Exhaustion. And because you're striving, right? Right? What's the only way? So you're not striving. You abide. What does abiding mean? Connected. How do you connect? It's something that you have to do. It's actually kind of almost the only thing you've got to do, right? It's a really simple process. Now, mm-mm-mm. man, Acts 17, 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. Now, you know, fruitfulness, I thought about this, it's not the evidence that God loves you. Right? Fruitfulness isn't evidence that God loves you. It's evidence that you're connected. God's love for you never changes. And I know sometimes we can be like, oh, God must really love that person. Check out all the fruit on that tree. But it's got nothing to do with how he feels about you. And everything to do with how connected you are to him. Right? That's why, that's why like favoritism, it's like it's not even real. He's not, he's not got a favorite when it comes to that. What he is concerned with and what he paid the price for is his connection with you. And whose job is that? Ours. Everyone say ours. Ours. Yes. Right. Woo. Now, I've watched this. Now, who's, has, who's seen anyone that's um, observed this before? I've, I've certainly watched over time in church, watched that there are certain people that like, and you don't really find out about it until after the fact, but they start like, getting a little more disciplined with their time with God and they'll be waking up early and they'll be praying or they'll be, they start getting their personal secret place life with God in order. That's what I would call it. And they start doing this stuff and no one knows. And it might be like a year, it might be two years, it might be whatever. And then all of a sudden they start getting recognized a little bit by people. And they start, it's like the fruit from their life, from abiding with God becomes evident. Right? And then it starts blessing people and starts feeding people. Have you guys seen that before? Who's observed that? Show me a show of hands, right? It's not, that's what I'm saying. It's not a complicated thing. It's very simple. But it requires us, really, to what? Yes. And for me, I feel like it, it literally becomes like a flow, right? It's like things start to happen around them. And for some of them, like when you ask them, it's like they've done nothing different except adjust these certain things and put the right priorities in the right places as far as God's concerned. And then all these other bits of life start to kind of work out. Right? Matthew 6.33, seek first the what? Kingdom of God and his righteous and what will be added? All the things. It's amazing how much of life can fall off or the issues of life and the challenges can fall off when we put the first thing in the first thing. Amen? Hmm. You know, what we desire God to do with our lives doesn't come first either. Right? Putting God first comes first and all the things that are needed and desired will flow. All right. Everyone say fruitfulness. The second one is what I kind of started talking about is the secret place gives you the ability to overcome in life. 
Can I get an amen for that? It's true, good teaching will help. Good community will help. But your secret place life with God is the place where you will get true victory. Amen? Do you know, like I was thinking about, you know, like you can actually do something about the things that are in your life right now. If you think about like the challenges that you're facing or the, the things about yourself you don't like or like all of the stuff, there's a real huge lie that the devil likes to tell us is that we're powerless to change. Nothing can be fixed. It's all that, right? But I want to tell you, you are powerful. Everyone say, I am powerful. Man, say that again. Connell, I didn't believe you. Right. That you don't just have to, and I feel like this for some of you, that you don't have to just accept that things are the way they are. Where does it say in the Bible that things are just the way they are? And that's how it's going to be. It's not. And I think about this, and it doesn't mean, you know, I got all my ducks in a row and the whole thing, but it's like, but man, I'm, I'm in, I've got a sad day and I'm dying already if I think this is just all there is and I just have to learn to accept and deal with it. And also, the way it's going to change isn't because I try harder or just learn a new revelation and just do that. It's like, no. There's a real simple thing that Jesus tells us we must do. And that is your secret time with him. Man, I'm telling you, who's experienced this before? Like, just so I know I'm not just by myself out here talking about this. Who's experienced your devotional life starts kicking and things sometimes that would bother you and be like your number one prayer point all of a sudden just kind of drops off and it's like not a big deal anymore? Who's experienced that before? Right. It's evidence of your connection with him. Now, I remember Randy Clark, who actually made a statement, he goes, you know, I think so many Christians would probably need a lot less counselling or, or prayer if they actually learn how to forgive themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think so much of the things that we have to diagnose or treat for ourselves or for others can be solved, and call me idealistic, but I don't believe I am, can be solved through our personal devotion and time with Him. Right, because what does it say the Word of God is? It's a two-edged sword, and what's its job? (laughs) Cut, right? What's its job? You read it, (laughs) and it's like, oh, man, that's convicting. Who's ever wanted to stop reading because it's convicting you? (laughs) All right, I'm the only one. Yes, all right, cool. All right, its job, aside from transforming, right, be washed, be transformed by the washing of the Word, right? It affects you. You've got to put this in you. I think I was, I was actually talking with um, Trevor Watkins. Who loves Trevor Watkins, man? This boy. Amazing, man. Was, I was talking about faith with him like I always do. And I got myself into a pick. I'm like, you know, talking about, oh, you know, I've got to get faith or blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I don't, I'm just trying to do it. And he's like, no, 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 Aaron, stop. <laughs> Who loves when you get like lovingly corrected by someone who's wise? It's amazing. He's like, if you want to get faith, you've got to read about faith. It's not something you just have to think harder about. Right? If I want to get faith, what do I got to do? I don't need to go to just a faith seminar. Right? Yeah, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? And it's impossible to please God apart from faith. That means I need this sucker in here or going in 
on an incredibly regular basis, right? Right? And like, I'd love to tell you that there's other ways to do it, but I just don't think there is. So what's the conclusion is like, well, there's just one simple thing we got to do. There's something that we have to make room for in our lives. And we can't like, we can't like explain it away or justify it any other way. If you want to change, if I want to change, if I want to carry revival or a move of God or the power of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't come by thinking something new or trying harder. It comes, it comes by abiding and doing the few little things that he has always told us to do. Can I get an amen? It's simple. And sometimes I think like, you know, man, like sometimes I'm like, man, I just feel like I just can't get my head to, you know, make a good decision instead of doing something that my flesh is like, woo, let's do this. This is just, let's just relax. Let's just chill. Instead of go pray or whatever. It's like, sometimes it's hard, but that's okay. You can ask God for what? Help. (laughs) Yes. Help. Right. We can ask him, right? But sometimes I think like, sometimes it gets to a point where it's like, you know what, Aaron, you just got to man up a little bit or be an adult, make some decisions, and move some priorities around. Because the secret place life, your personal secret place life, is the only thing that's going to do it. No one can give you revelation for No one can get revelation for you. Right? They can share what God has showed them. I know, I love Bill Johnson's quote. He says, like, you know, anything that you get from someone else, it's like regurgitated food, Right? It's like what they've received. But if you want fresh meat, you have to go up and learn how to hunt for yourself. The only way that we become those people that are overcoming more than conquerors, everyone say more than conquerors, man, is doing it for ourselves. Amen? Say you are powerful. Yeah, that's better. I'm getting there. I'm going to tell you, that's the thing that transforms us, right? That time with him. Hmm. You know, do you believe that everything you need is found in him, for real? Like, think about it. Again, like, I know this is simple stuff in a way, but it's like, everything that I need is found in him. And apart from him, I can do nothing. Hmm. You know, anything that satisfies us or brings a solution outside of him is an inferior counterfeit that, to what is readily available in God. Think about that. Anything that satisfies us or brings solutions to us outside of him is an inferior counterfeit to what is readily available in God. Right? Ephesians 4, 17 through 19. So with wisdom given to me from the Lord, I say, you should not live like the unbelievers around you who walk in their empty delusions. Say empty delusions. Their corrupted logic has been clouded because their hearts are so far from God. So there's a a logic. I love it. This is from the Passion Translation. there, There is a logic that can seem right that we can use to make decisions or explain situations or that, and it can seem really right, but it's actually corrupted. Like it's still operating. Like you think about a computer that has a virus. Does it still work? But it malfunctions. That means your conclusions that you reach 
are like slightly off and it can feel really right. And it can be things that we do or we ways that we decide to do things that can feel right. They can feel like they satisfy us. They can feel like, yeah, that's the right decision and it makes sense that I would do that. But I'm telling you, if it's outside of what the Word says or what God is saying to you, then it's from a corrupted place and it's not going to bring you true satisfaction. Like who longs for genuine satisfaction? Come on. Where are my people at? To genuinely be satisfied. Who longs to live in perfect peace, for real? Who wants to go to bed at night just full of the presence of God and at peace, right? Now, there are a lot of good things out there that we can do. But you've got to be real careful that you're not living like the unbelievers with a thought pattern that is a corrupted logic. Now, how are you going to know if your logic is corrupted? You can decide, yeah, I'm going to do that thing. Or this is the way I think about that. And then as this is going in, it's going to act as a really good indicator. Right? It's like to just correct. Oh, no, that, that logic which seemed like it made sense there doesn't actually make sense anymore. And I didn't realize because I wasn't lining it up with the Word of God. How many of you agree that the devil wants you to think a certain way? Amen? <laughs> Why do you think that is? Think a corrupt, thinking from a corrupted logical place, not just logic, obviously logic is important, but from a corrupt, it's because his whole goal is to try and get you from one thing. What did Jesus say? was one thing is needful when it was the Mary Martha situation, right? Genesis didn't say these 16 steps are needful. There's like one thing. What do you think the devil who hates you, just in case you weren't sure, whose job is to ruin your life, rip off your purpose and steal everything he can from you, including your peace, your joy, your purpose, your everything. That is all found in thinking like him, right? Right? But one thing is needed. Everyone say one thing. Whew. Amen. And I'm telling you guys, I think the only place that we're going to find genuine wholeness, everyone say like genuine wholeness, right? And true satisfaction. And again, I'm talking to myself as well. The only place we're going to find it is Him. No matter how hard you try, what you look for, that you know what, if you do always do what you've always done, what are you going to get? Same thing, right? It's not how the saying goes, but you know what I'm saying. Right, nothing changes if we stay the same. If we just kind of keep God at this point and like kind of visit him every now and again or, or whatever it looks like for you, we don't go from glory to glory by just doing the same thing. Right, there has to be something that we do, right? Ooh. All right. You know, I think the simple answer is your time, attention, and focus. When I asked God about today, 
He's like, God, what do you want me to talk about today? But like he said, I want you to tell them I love them. I'm like, awesome. I think they know. But he also said, I want you to tell them that I want their time and attention. And I feel like that's the simple message that I have for you guys today and for myself as well. Is that king is sitting there in his throne room longing for you to just burst open those doors and come right in. Right? Whether you've had a good day or a bad day. Because that's what grace is for. That's what the blood of Jesus has dealt with for us. You know, and I thought about it. It's like he says, I want your time. When I was thinking about time, it's like you realize, like, we all do actually have a limited amount of time. Who realizes that? Some of the older ones among us, you know what I'm saying? I'm like 38, I believe, unless I'm incorrect. 38 years old, I'm like, man, there is a limited amount of time that I have to steward or walk, develop my relationship with God. And to like make, like, if I, like, man, I tell you, I've got dreams about what I want to see God do. And I believe he wants to use me like he wants to use each one of you to do great things. But there is a, there's a chunk of this that is actually on us. Right? I'd love to tell you it's all just God. And, you know, like, I know it's like, it says like he, it's his, because of his grace that we chose him in the first place. So it is actually all because of him. But I believe that for what we want to see, or if you are hungry to see God move in your life, the one thing I would say to you is you need to develop your secret life with God. Because, it, you know, and it's not the promise of a perfect life. Who knows that, right? Like, let's say you had the best devotional life with the word, prayer, worship, praying in tongues, all the things. Does that mean that the, the circumstances are going to stop coming? No, no. no. <laughs> doesn't change that in the slightest, right? What does it change? You, right? You, instead of like, ah! Anyone relate to that? I've got a bit of arch in my life from time to time. It's like, this is about my ability to stay like this with him. And if I go, arch, this thing will keep me very quickly. And I'm telling you, the more that this is just there and it's a part of your life and it's the engine room and it's the priority that will not be moved, there's a lot less of the arch and I'm telling you, after a while, you start to go, hey, man, that thing in my life that used to be a crutch that I couldn't shake, no matter how hard I prayed or how hard I tried, it's like, it's gone. It's amazing what the Holy Spirit does in you during times of prayer. Benny Hinn actually says that it deals with your flesh. <laughs> Our times in prayer, just it, it cuts away all the stuff that's not necessary. You know what I'm saying? Does it, you know what I'm saying? Hmm. Whew. It's not the promise of a trouble-free life. But it is a promise that you will be transformed and you will bear fruit. That's what we get to believe when we abide. Hmm. Whew. You know, end of the day, I think it's really just about being obsessed with him. 
Do you know what I mean? You're not a, you're not a super spiritual Christian when you're obsessed with him. That's a normal Christian. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm, I'm very challenged by this for myself even, that like, I was actually, I was listening to Craig Rochelle. Everyone know Craig Rochelle? And he's given some like relationship advice. It's okay, it's not because for myself necessarily. It's just a thing that came up, right? But he goes, you know, when you're picking a partner, when you're picking someone who you're going to marry, if you have like an hour-long conversation with them and Jesus doesn't come up once in the conversation, I would walk away straight away. Because what you value, you talk about. You think, and I thought about it, I was like, ooh, does Jesus come up in my conversation like that? Is it, it's like, like we're talking about, you think about it, it's like, this has to be, it's, it's not all or nothing, but it's like, you know what, it has to be all in. To want what we want, if we want change, if we want to see his power move, if we want these things, we've got to be all in. And I think it's like, man, it's time to like get obsessed with Jesus. To fall in love with him all over again. How many know what I'm talking about? Are you guys with me on that? Man. So that kind of thing is just no other, like why would I go and just kind of like half in it, half out it? You know what I mean? And I know you've got to figure it out with God yourself. I'm not trying to put anything on it. And if you're already there, like awesome. But I just believe that God wants all of us. He doesn't just want a piece. And I think, man, when we, <laughs> the more we give him control, the more we surrender, the more we make room for him the more we make preparation to host him in our lives, I would say you ought to be very excited for what he'll do in your life. You know, with what God wants to do, it's not about a person, right? You know that, right? It doesn't take a Pastor Catherine to do it or an, an any a Reinhard Bonnke or a Wigglesworth and all these great people that are all awesome. It takes a person connected to him. That's our only job. Matthew 6, 6, that was the scripture. (laughs) But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. I want to ask you today, are you prepared for... Jesus to interrupt your life? What would it take for him to become your obsession? Maybe again, maybe for the first time. What does it look like to be so in love with Jesus that it is the main thing? Man. All right, well, I think we better be done. <laughs> Who's with me on this, for real? You with me? Now, remember, if you're feeling condemned, it's like, but push the buzzer, stop. It's not what we're talking about. God's not condemning you. No one else is trying to. I'm trying to encourage you that, man, 
what is possible in your life when you do this? What is possible for you as an individual to achieve when you do this? What kind of fruit does God have ready to grow in your life? And you think about it, does a tree have to work to produce fruit? How many apple trees have you seen going, apples? <laughs> right? There's no like, apples. What do you do? It's simple. It's in rest. It's in the spirit. And it's abiding in him. And I'm going to keep on feeding. I'm going to recognize what he has accomplished and think about how much he wants to be with you. You know, Paul talks about in Ephesians, you can't even comprehend how much he wants to be with you. If you think God's not that keen to see you, you're mistaken. It's like, eh, wrong. Right? He is head over heels running to come and be with you. And I believe prophetically, right? He has set the table, he set up two chairs, and he's sitting in one and he's waiting. Who is going to come and enter the access that you have freely been given now? That he worked so hard to get you. All right, stand to your feet. Let's pray. We'll wrap up. Hmm. Look, if you're keen for this, then just lift your hands to the Lord right now. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this place. We acknowledge your presence with us right now. God, we also acknowledge we can't do any of this without you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the grace to put down the idols. And an idol is anything that you love more than him. It's not complicated. God, I thank you, Lord. We can't do it in our own strength. We're not even going to try. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your grace to come upon each person in this room to fall deeply, deeply in love with you again. God, that the one thing that matters, oh, the one thing that matters to you would matter to us. Above everything else, God, that you would cause all the other things that are great to pale in comparison to who you are. Oh. Yep, Holy Spirit. Come on, you just got to respond to God yourself for a moment. It's not about trying hard. Make yourself available to him. Let him know what you are. If there is something that you feel like he's bringing to your awareness that you need to lay down right now, then just lay it down real quick. You just let it go. You don't feel bad about it. You let it go. And if you want what I've been talking about today, you let him know. Hey. Oh, Holy Spirit, we want you. We want to be connected to the vine. Permanently dwelling. Connected constantly with you. Hey. Ooh. 
You know, I feel like he's saying it's not that hard. Ha. Huh. <laughs> this isn't that hard. <laughs> we just have to die to ourselves. God, we surrender to you freshly tonight. 